0: y'all it's lb from 305 the juice i missed you guys i haven't been around you know why because i almost freaking died yes your girl almost lost her life i was like don't save me lord i still got more people i need to curse out um yeah so i had to get surgery we're going to talk about that um we're going to talk about tiger woods he almost lost his life as well um bobby's murder Bobby Smurder is out there, Jim. We're going to talk about um, the transgender issue that has been going on about equality in sports and a whole bunch more. So you guys get ready for a heck of a show. I'm ready. Are you? I sure was petrified. But then I spent so many nights. Almost thinking died. How you but I'm it. here, y'all. I'm, I'm here. And I learned how to y'all i sure did survive thank god okay so uh it's not funny it is not funny funny not funny oh my goodness y'all can you imagine if the lord just be like boom like stop your life right now it's over you wouldn't know what to do with yourself and it was like a real thing for me so um last week i was at home minding my own black business And then suddenly out of nowhere, I just got these incredibly intense stomach pains. I'm talking about intense, like the kind that brings you to your knees where you're like, oh God, this is serious. So at first I was like, well, Maybe it's something I ate. I thought I had food poisoning. And I was like, okay, like, it's going to go away. It's not that bad. And I've had, like, stomach issues in the past, like, maybe, like, the past few years or so. So I was like, it's going to go away. You'll be fine. Just get some rest. Get hydrated. You'll be good. Oh, no. I didn't sleep. I was getting, like, one hour of sleep. Um, last week, this happened, like, on the 11th, February 11th. And um, I was just like, you know, I can sleep it away. But in the back of my mind, I was like, no, this is serious. So I remember, um, just like hovering over the sink and like walking slowly. And the pain went from like my stomach, like my upper stomach to like the middle section of my stomach down to my abdomen, abdomen, to the point where I could barely walk. So my mom was like, um, you need to go to the hospital. And I'm like, you need to tell me how I'm going to pay $30,000 in hospital bills because medical bills can be insane, right? And like most Americans, I too am uninsured. So I was just like, "Dang, and you know it's sad you got to choose between like if you're going to pay the medical bill or if you're if you're going to be on your deathbed." But and like my stepdad like he was like, "Hey, um What's wrong with you? And I was like, I feel like I'm dying. And then he was like, well, um, I hope you ain't dying. Like, it was like, ha-ha, like kind of a joke. But, like, I, I really did feel like I was dying. So I ended up um going to urgent care, and they were like, we're not sure what's wrong. They they ran a bunch of tests, and it was like, okay, so, like, you your white cells are up. Your body definitely has an infection. There's definitely something seriously wrong. So I'm like, okay, so then... They were like, well, like, have you tested for COVID? And let me tell you guys, ever since COVID started, when I saw the very first news clip back in March of last year of this woman I saw getting tested for COVID, I was just like, there is no way in hell I'm getting tested for COVID. They get like this long swab and jam it up your nose. And I saw this lady, like all the tears like coming down. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, I am not doing that. I was like, just let me die. Just let me die. And so shout out to Nurse Dylan. He came in and he was like, um, Okay, like, but you should take the test. He's like, it's not a big deal. I can hold your hand. And I'm like, nah. I was like, in a few days, I was like, just do what y'all need to do. See what kind of infection I have. Give me some medicine. And, um, you know, like, I'm good to go. I'll go to Walgreens and get the mouth swab. Whatever I need to do, I'll go to a free testing site. But I was like, I do not want to get this test. I was like dreading the COVID test. Okay. Like my biggest fear in life ever. I was like, no, I don't want to do it. So then finally they were like, okay, well, um, you know at urgent care their uh equipment is very limited they don't have the same equipment that the hospital has to like actually test you for like anything under the sun so they took some blood samples and they did like a few pelvic exams and stuff like that and they couldn't really find anything so they were like you have to go to the emergency room So I go, I'm terrified of hospitals. So I go to the emergency room and it's like people there. Cause I think at this point, nobody really goes to the doctor or to the hospital unless they're on the brink of death, right? Due to what's happening in the pandemic and everything. So I get to the hospital and I see this um, this girl there's a suspended girl and her boyfriend, and she looks like she is dying, okay? Like, her boyfriend basically, like, carried her into the ER, and she was, like, throwing up. She was, like, in and out of, like, consciousness, kind of, and he was, like, holding her up, and she could barely, like, do anything. She could barely even speak, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, I really don't want to be here. So, but, you know, the urgent care that I go there and do a CT scan. I've never had a CT scan, but I know what it is. It's, it's very, like, it's, it's weird. Um, so I went and the doctor was like, well, um, they, they ran some tests before the CT scan. I was like, they, they didn't have any, they didn't even have any beds left. Like this Corona stuff is very serious. I had to like lay in a hallway for like five hours five or six hours i'm just laying in a hallway in a bed because they didn't even have a room available okay you guys this is very serious so the doctor comes and he's like okay so it was no it was a female first it was a a female um nurse and she's like okay so we have to admit you. No, 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 no. She didn't admit me. She said you need to take a covid test because we can't even like admit you or do a test on you. We can't move you until you do a covid test. And I'm like, "Oh, no. My biggest fear is coming true." So she's like, um So of course, like I'm very dramatic, but I was also very scared. So like when you like come when you pair up the the um me being afraid and actually me being like in real danger of losing my life I was like panicking and it was like full-on dramatic LB I'm a Leo too like full-on dramatic mode so she's like just take the COVID she's like my nine-year-old daughter did it if she can do it you can do it they always say that I'm like I'm not your kid lady so but you know I am an adult so finally I was like okay you know what let me just take the test so she comes in and she's like, you can hold my hand if you want to. And I'm just like, <sighs> I'm breathing hard. Like, I don't wanna do this, please. Like, don't stick this up my nose. I'll do anything. So she um, she was like, okay, you can hold my hand. But she's like, if you, cause for some reason, I guess like the look on my face just freaked her out so much. She was like, do not grab my hands. She's like, if you grab my hands and this stick breaks off into your nose, like, then we're going to have a bigger problem. And I'm like, trust me, like, I look scared and I am scared, but I was like, I'm going to let you do what you need to do. Because nothing is more annoying than you're trying to do your job and you have a grown woman, like, acting a fool. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it would have been a lot to deal with. So, so she did it. She swiped it. And I was like, oh, all right. It wasn't that bad. Like. I'm gonna say that a natural reaction is that you are gonna shake, like your body's gonna shake and tears are gonna come down your eyes. It's like getting a nose piercing without the piercing. Like when you pierce your nose, the tears just run. It's just a natural reaction. And then she goes, dun, dun, dun. I gotta swipe the other one too. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, no, (laughs) please, please. So she did the other one, she took in the results and she was like, okay, it's gonna be like an hour before you can get the results back. And I'm just like, It was the longest hour of my life. So my results came back negative. And then after that, I had to do the CT scan. And I thought they were just gonna like run me through a machine and be like, okay, we just, I thought it was like an x-ray, but it wasn't. Like they shot this stuff in my arm because by then I was already, I had the IV to me and everything. By the way, IVs hurt. Why didn't anyone tell me how painful IVs are? And then like, I got stuck like four times with the IV, but we'll get into that in a second. So, So he shot, when I went to the CT area, Um, the doctor shot like this this medicine in my body and it burned my whole body like not insanely bad but like all my lady parts was like burning like tingling like a hot hot sensation and then the doctor was like but even before like I felt the hot sensation right before the doctor goes okay like right now you're gonna feel like you have to pee soon as he said that boom like I had to pee I was like I was like, how do you know that? He's like, mommy. He was like a Cuban dude. He's like, mommy, I've been doing this for 15 years. I know what I am doing. So I'm like, okay, sir. So they they took very, very, very care of me. So after that, um, I went back. They rolled me back into um, the hallway of the hospital. And that's when the guy from the CT scan came. And he's like, um, I got bad news for you. And I'm just like, what? And he's like, you have an appendicitis and we have to take it out and that's when i started bawling i was crying so hard like i was like no it was like oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh. there it wasn't freedom like I, I wanted to escape like i literally <laughs> i just wanted to like throw my clothes back on and run out the room i was like oh my god this is not happening so he was like yeah so we have to admit you we have to admit you so i ended up staying in the hospital for four days it was the worst four days of my life so they um so i slept there that night and then like the next day and also i felt super dehydrated mind you They didn't do the surgery right away. Um, They did the surgery like on the third day, but the first two days that I was feeling pain at home, I didn't drink anything. I couldn't keep anything down. I was throwing up and I couldn't eat anything. I, I wasn't even thinking about food. Like I had no appetite and um so the night before the surgery i couldn't drink or eat and all i wanted was some apple juice that's i was like i never wanted apple juice so bad in my life i don't know why i was craving apple juice so 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 bad but i was like really dehydrated so they gave me like a lot of fluids through the iv and they made sure that like i didn't get any infections they gave me an iv iv with metronidazole and you know um I was just so terrified. So finally, it was like 2 p.m. on Valentine's Day. Oh, Valentine's Day is going to be a day that I remember for the rest of my life, but not for the right reasons. So the nurse came in. She's like, okay, LaToya, you ready? And um, I was like, no. And I was like crying. You would have thought I was like 10 years old. I was just, I cut up in that hospital, y'all. I cut up. (laughs) Like The nurse told me, and I had a really cool nurse. She was cool. Shout out to um, Nurse Muriel. Uh, Nurse Marie D and Nurse Nerva. They took really care of me. They was like, okay, Munchkin, like it's time. And I'm just like, no. So then like one of the ladies, she started singing to me, trying to make me feel better. Man, I ignored that lady. I wasn't trying to hear none of that. Like my brain, my mind was like elsewhere, like in clouds, in in space. So finally they rolled me into the pre-op room. And, um, I told the, the nurse, the IV nurse, it was so many nurses. I had like seven nurses. So he was like, "Hey, um we're going to just give you this gas. We're going to like give you um some morphine. Like they just gave me a bunch of stuff and was like, "Before you know it, you're just going to wake up and you're not going to know what happened." So, of course I cried. And I cried. And I cried some more. And it was like, "It's okay. It's okay. We're going to take care of you." But like that was my biggest fear was being put under because I've never had a surgery before like ever 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 in my life. Like the most I've ever had was stitches. So I was like, I was just scared that I was gonna die and like not wake up. That's why I was crying because I was, because as you guys know also, well I was scared but like also like, um, nobody's allowed to visit you now that COVID has happened. Like, if you die, you just die alone. Like, the nurse is going to be the last person who sees you and you're, aren't, you aren't allowed any visitors. Like, nobody can come and see you. They can't even, like, go past, like, the entrance with you in, in the waiting room. You're just totally alone. And I'm like, I've never been on anesthesia. I've heard of people, like, having bad reactions to anesthesia and, like, they never, like, wake up out of the sleep. And that was my biggest fear. and Like, that's why I was crying so much because I was like, oh, my God. That's why I don't understand how people get, like, surgeries and um you know like the breast um jobs and and bbls and all that because i'm like how do you know if you're actually gonna wake up like god gonna be looking at you like really you died over some titties like really like you couldn't just be happy with what i gave you so i was just like man like I don't want to die. And on top of that, like, I got unfinished business, okay? We have a podcast to do here, people. I was like, don't take me, Lord. But um, everything went well, thank God. As you can hear it in my voice, I'm in such a better mood. I got really good sleep. When they wasn't waking me up every two hours to do the IVs, I did sleep good. And they, I was like really, really hydrated and everything worked out, but it was the scariest, scariest four days of my life. I hope I never have to go through that again. Like I never want to go through that again. And I'm, I'm just like so happy that, that I'm here and I'm alive and I'm able to like, just like bounce back into life. Cause it was a very like scary situation. And, um, I felt like my world was paused, like my life was paused. And I didn't know if it was going to go left or if it was going to go right. I was just somewhere stuck in the middle, like, please, Lord, just let me survive, you know. And speaking of survival, let's get right into it, okay. So you guys heard about uh, the Tiger Woods um, car accident. I was like, wow, like, please, like, 2021, don't do this to us. It's like 2020 was, like, really bad. And then we were hoping that 2021 would get better. And then 2021 was like, ah, hold my beer. I'm on the way. Um, yeah, Tiger Woods got into a really bad car accident. Um, he has like pins and screws in his right leg. I heard his right leg is really, really, really badly damaged. And I actually have like a news report here of them talking about the area that, um, it happened in And, and guys just listen.
1: Tiger Woods was driving down the hill on the other side of the road, somehow lost control, crossed the median, hit this curb, and then flipped. The county sheriff said that he flipped multiple times in that SUV through all this undergrowth. And look, look how far he traveled. All the way down here, rolling through, hit a tree, and then his car landed way further down here now the first deputy on the scene a young man called Carlos Gonzalez said that he thought that Tiger Woods was lucky to get out of this alive and frankly I agree with him this is still I'm still walking where his car was rolling and this is where Tiger Woods car ended up now apparently he was calm but deputy Gonzalez said maybe that was shock compound fractures to his legs conscious when the emergency services arrived
0: so yeah like tiger woods um he's in stable condition now this happened um yesterday and you know what's crazy ever since tiger woods cheated on that white lady his life has not been the same i think she put a root on him (laughs) y'all like his life has not been the same ever since he um he had that incident with her where she, like, busted out his car windows. Remember all the DUIs he's been getting? His life has been in shambles. Y'all better leave on white women alone. Kidding, not kidding. Um, so, anyway, um, Bobby Smurder is home. Oh, my gosh. It's been about seven years. And, you, you know, it's horrible how he just, like, got locked up, like, it, like, soon as his success started taking off. Um, I don't condone violence at all. I don't condone what, um the things that he's done, because, like, if you listen to his music, he's talking about killing people. But let me tell y'all son, this song was a bop. This this song that I'm about to play right now was a bop, and I know you all know it. And I also want to say, um, so he took his friend, Ro- Rowdy Rebel was supposed to take 12 years in prison, and then Bobby had to take uh, seven, and then he takes seven, and then somehow the judicial court worked it out. I don't know what happened. All I know is that he took... He served time to prevent his friend from not doing 12 years. I don't know how that works out because what does his time have to do with his friend's time? But, like, what do I know about the law? Like, I don't break laws. I'm I'm a law-abiding citizen. But you have to admit that that song that he made, that was, like, top of the charts. Amazing. I'll play a little bit right now, y'all. let's not forget, next month. this song was a hit. It was like number one in the country at one point. The top of his career. Bobby Smurda is home. I'm happy for him and for his mom too. Jambo Beats, holla at me. Hey. And some hot nigga. Like I told to I see when I shot, nigga. Like you seen him twirl, and then he, he drops, drops, nigga. And we keep the Miami's on my block, nigga. And Mate keep it on him, he done drop niggas. And, and he be he's some hot nigga. So you, you gotta admit, that song was a bop. Um, and you know, he's talented. If he can just leave the guns alone and just, like, stop trying to be about that life because at the end of the day, you know... I don't understand how these rappers, they have these successful careers and then they just turn around and... Just ruin everything, like what, what, what is that about? I don't understand. And Kodak Black recently got out too. Shout out to Kodak Black. The last episode, I tried my hardest. I was like dead set on interviewing Kodak Black. I was like, this must happen. I wrote my letter. I had no idea Kodak Black was gonna get out. Um, I thought that he was getting out in November, 2022, but you know, the good Lord said otherwise. I wrote my little letter, you know, I was waiting. I was like, hey, he's gonna respond. He's not going anywhere, what is he doing? lo and behold he got out like literally the next day i was like no <laughs> so <laughs> but you know good for him good for him and also um i don't know if you guys heard about those two fbi agents who were slain they were, they work in like the um the child porn cases where they take down like predators and stuff and there was these two fbi it's on it's on 305 the if you want to read the story but um Kodak Black is going to pay for the tuition of those two FBI agents. He's just doing everything to clear his name. Um, I don't think he's a bad guy. I know that I talked a lot of crap about him, like, in the past. I called that man a roach. Hopefully he never hears that um, episode. (laughs) But um, he seems to be a changed person, and, you know, I'm not passing judgment. I'm happy for him. I'm happy that he's out that gym, and I hope that he continues to do good for society, and I hope that his music flourishes. I really do. Kodak Black, if you hear this, I didn't mean to call you a roach. I'm so sorry. Um, I also want to talk about the transgender issue. Um, there is a, mm, let me be very careful with my words. I'm not going to call him or her a man or a woman or, you know, I'm not going to go too deep into it, but there's this person. Yeah. Let's just call them a person. Um, this person was competing, um, in a weightlifting competition, um, we don't need to get into the name. We don't need to get into the details. But just know the gist of the story. So, he, him, her, she, whatever this person likes to be called, they ended up winning a competition. And the competition was for uh, people who were born a female. It was a weightlifting com- competition. And this person ended, who was born a man ended up winning this competition. It's been, like, the hot topic for, like, the past few days. so, And... Um, my take on it is that I feel like whatever, um, gender you were born in is the sport that you should compete in. I'm not very educated on the LGBTQ community, but that's just like my personal opinion. If I can even like get someone who's in that realm to come on the show and talk about it, that would be really good. Not just for myself, but everybody else who has their own opinions about what's happening right now. Um, back in January, Biden signed an executive order on preventing and combating um, discrimination on the basis of gender identity or sexual orientation. Um, That was on January 20th. So he basically agreed. um, I'm not going to say he agreed, but he was in support of transgender people competing in the sport of their choice. Like, I was born a female. Um, If I decide that I want to transition into being a male, I should have the right and the opportunity to compete with other men and vice versa if it was like, you know, in reverse, right? And um, so then like in recent weeks, this was like two weeks ago, um, the Biden administration withdrew their government support um, they they were um, in support for this federal federal lawsuit in Connecticut, and they sought to ban transgender athletes from t- participating in girls' high school sports. And it was like a whole big thing. And um, recently, the Justice Department was like, No, we are not going to support this case. And. Um, it's gonna be on Friday. This Friday? No, I'm sorry. It's not gonna be this Friday. It already happened. Actually, there was a motion to dismiss the lawsuit, so it got dissolved. And um, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I, I mean, like since the surgery, I haven't been up on the news. I recently like started getting back on my game and trying to um, understand what's been going on with this thing because I feel like if you, you can say like I can say all day, if I were transgender, I'm a man. I'm a man. Like. I don't care what you say, call me Steve, I am a man now and you need to respect that. And we should we should respect it. Um, however, does what is a man? What is a man? I think that's where it, it gets like a little bit um, misconstrued and it gets a little blurry as far as like, what is a man? Because um, what makes a, a female, what separates a female from a male is the X and Y, chromosomes so why like do am I obligated like and and, like and do I have to like call you a what you feel like you woke up today as and I'm not trying to sound crass or insensitive I'm just saying um what like how, how how do you even go about like even like handling something like that I can remember when I was on Twitter and people were like well Dwayne Wade has a stepdaughter now. Um, you should call him Zaya. His name, her name is Zaya and she's a girl. And I'm like, she is not a girl. It reminds me of that video. Look, look at this, listen to this guys. Remember that video when the guy was like this, sir. Like, it is ma'am.
1: Excuse me, it's ma'am. It is ma'am. <laughs> I can call the
0: people. Like, <laughs> to- <laughs> like what? <laughs> it's not funny.
1: You need to settle down and mind your business, okay? <laughs>
0: So, like, if you look like a man to me, like, I'm going to call you a man. Like, I have no control. to. I almost want to say it's a mental issue, almost a disability. But I know that that's not politically correct. You know, who am I to say what you woke up and felt like you were going to be today? If I call you by the wrong gender, you can correct me Um, by all means. But when I walk away, I'm going to say, hey, that was a dude in a tank top with a beard and a skirt on. You know, so I don't know what's going to happen with that whole thing um you know everybody's so sensitive these days you can't call you just can't go around being like oh that's gay and then everybody's like oh my god you're homophobic no and I'm just like um I I don't even know like what to say about that I I don't know I really don't know um anyway on a lighter note I want to talk about this um this um, this guy named hers, Jose Hernandez out in California. So he's like an astronaut. Like this guy went from picking strawberries. He was literally picking strawberries like in the field with his parents. His parents are like Mexican um, immigrants. And he ended up working for NASA. I saw this on the news this morning. And he has like a really amazing story. So he, his second grade teacher saw that he had an interest in um, in astrology and she like encouraged him to just get out those fields and be somebody. So he ended up, um, when when he got older, he ended up earning a BS in electrical engineering from the U- University of the Pacific in 1984. And then in 86, he got an MS in electrical and computer engineering from the University of California. That's in Santa Barbara. Um, and also, um, when he was in high school, he was involved in this MESA program. MESA stands for Mathematics, Engineering, Science, Achievement. And that program encourages students from disadvantaged backgrounds to um, get their four-year degree and work in the STEM field. So it's like all the little, no matter how poor you are, like you can be able to like have a, a career in technology and have a career with NASA. He's done so much, he, and like he um, somehow he ended up meeting Barack Obama, and Obama was like, you should. Um, run for congress he ended up losing that election he he was like a democratic um nominee but he ended up losing the 2012 um general election to incumbent um jeff denham but just the fact that he came from nothing and i was just like wow and he's a leo like me born august 7th hey but um yeah like he um he's now an astronaut and he's now an engineer Um, He was assigned to the crew of of a space shuttle mission. It's called STS-128. And he also served as chief of the materials and processes branch of the um, Johnson Space Center. And I just feel like this, like if that doesn't inspire you, nothing will. You might live in Overtell. You might live in Liberty City. You might be sleeping in a shelter right now. But if that man can go from picking fruits to working with NASA, it was just so um, impressive. And he said for a long time he had dealt with imposter syndrome because I'm pretty sure it's not a whole lot of Mexicans working for NASA. Let's just be real. And he said he felt like he had imposter syndrome. Like he was, he felt, he said even though people didn't blatantly say like, you know, like, what are you doing here? You're not going to make it. He said he always felt like this sense of like he didn't belong. Like he was pretending to be somebody he's not. And that's very sad. And I know a lot of minorities go through that. Um, I never went through that as a journalist because like by the time I got my degree, it was like tons of black journalists who had already achieved so much. But, um, I know what that's like to be in a room filled with like white people and you just feel like, wow, like, oh, like it can be daunting. I've definitely had that feeling before. And for him to like go to like the lowest of the low, like freaking like picking fruits to, to be in a position that he's in today and be able to like inspire and help like his fellow Mexican people. I think that is so amazing. So viva la raza, viva la raza. It's amazing. It's amazing um viva la raza by the way it means like long live the race like mexican pride like it's kind of like a slogan for you guys who don't know um so oh um great news um miami dade county public teachers um over the age of 50 can now get the covid vaccine i was telling my mom about it my mom teaches for dade county and she was like um well my mom's over 50 oh sorry mom didn't mean to put your age out there um but she was like but anyway my mom doesn't look 50 she looks gorgeous she could pass for 40 she could pass for 38 something like that she looks really good by the way hmm, them good (laughs) jeans anyway um so yeah uh alberto cavajo superintendent that's a superintendent for you guys who don't pay attention um to anything News, you don't know who your um, local politicians are. <laughs> Alberta Cavalho, the superintendent of Miami Dade um, County Public Schools, he announced it yesterday that all the teachers are going to get the COVID vaccine who are over 50. So if I'm 49, I can't get the vaccine. Why don't they just give it to all the teachers? I don't understand. Oh my gosh, this is almost worse than those um security guards at that prison. I think it was in California, don't quote me, um, where the prisoners, the inmates were getting the, the vaccine. Before the wardens, before the, um, the prison staff, before they got the vaccine, the inmates got it first. I don't understand. Like there's thousands of them. There's one of you. Like it's your job to protect them. How are you going to protect them? And you're not even vaccinated yourself. How are they getting top priority over the people who are actually risking their lives to go to work? And how are they going to keep, like, the train running smoothly and have all their employees there if somebody gets COVID and then somebody else gets COVID? I'm talking about the employees. Then that just sets you back more. It makes no sense. It's asinine. I don't understand it. But, um, yeah, so, like, I was telling my mom, and I was like, okay, like, maybe they're saying over 50 because, like, you know how senior citizens are, c- senior citizens are, like, more at risk? And my mom looked at me and was like, what? I'm not a senior citizen? I was like, oh, okay, my bad. But you know what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um... You know, like there are certain groups of people who are more susceptible to catching COVID. That's just the honest truth. To be honest, I thought, I, I didn't even think my COVID test was gonna come back negative to be honest because I wasn't living healthy at all. Like me getting that surgery was low-key a blessing in disguise because I was doing everything under the sun. I was drinking tequila, I was smoking, I was going out to eat in restaurants. Like I wasn't really like protecting myself like I has, should have. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I, I wore my mask at all times. I wash my hands a lot throughout the day. If I do need to go somewhere, But I definitely, like, wasn't as meticulous about my health as I should have been. So I thought I was going to be the first person to go out. I ain't going to lie. But, you know, like, God was like, no, you have a podcast to do. And I was like, thank you, Lord. So yeah, like it all worked out in my favor. But I just hope like we really we really gotta get that vaccine, y'all. I know at first they were like the vaccine is the mark of the beast and the government's gonna control our minds and all this, which I kinda low key believe, but this is not gonna go into a chat about conspiracy theories. But yeah, I was very um skeptical about getting the vaccine as well, but now I see like they're saying it's very effective. It actually works, and we can stop the spread, and we won't have to wear any mask in 2022. So I just say we get on it and do what needs to be done, okay? So um, the next thing I want to talk about is finding Latoya. You guys remember, it's crazy. Um, um, there There is a girl named Latoya Henry who went missing, and this was like... Right before I went in the hospital, I saw like a couple of posts on the internet and I see this girl and she's from Overtown and I'm from Overtown too. And I was like, um, um, shout out Overtown, shout out, great neighborhood enriched with history. Overtown doesn't get enough credit for, for like just what it is as an established um, area for black people. Um, anyway, so I see this girl who's missing and I'm like, I, I didn't recognize her and i'm like wow like i hope they find her you know because like i rarely hear about just girls going missing in overtown like it's very rare i hear about it in dc and stuff like that and that's that brings me to my next point it was like my it's in my instincts told me that this was like sex trafficking because sex trafficking is so huge in Miami and I'm like oh my god they haven't found this girl it's been day two it's been day three it's been day four it's been day five and I'm like they haven't found her yet and I was just like please god like don't let her be trafficked and it hit close to home because it was in my um it was in like the place the city the area of Miami that I grew up in so but at the again like I have been sick and stuff and I didn't really realize that this was someone who I actually knew of. We had a class together. We had a computer class together. And I, y'all remember the fan? Like when you brush your hair up in the fan back in the 90s? And she used to like wear this, the fan, like every day. Like it was all about the fan. She was, she was like somewhat popular. And I was like Latoya Harry. I look at her face and I'm like, wow, I do recognize that girl. Like we had a class together. I know exactly who that is. And so, I started posting it everywhere, on the Facebook. Um, I started posting it um, on the Instagram page. I was just posting it everywhere that I could think of because I was like, wow, like we really have to find Latoya. And then my name is Latoya also, so it like definitely caught my attention. And um, But they ended up finding her yesterday. Her cousin posted that she was found safe and everything was okay. And it just kind of bothered me how the story didn't reach mainstream media. Um, they, they don't care about us. You know, I don't, I I hate to say that and I hate to make it a race issue and don't get me wrong. Maybe the family didn't reach out to the media. Maybe they didn't know how to attain the proper resources. Maybe they don't even know what a general assignment, um, a general, what do you call the, the person that, oh my God, I should know this. I have a degree in journalism. The, um. The person who was who grabs the stories, like you call them and they're the one who assigns it's not coming to me now. But there's like a number that you can call and you even if you call the Miami Herald and like there's a way that you can reach out to the um to the media and maybe they didn't do that, but at the same time, this was very serious and like we rarely hear about just like black girls in overtown just going missing. We normally see stuff like an older person who has dementia or Alzheimer's and they get missing, or like the last story I heard that was outrageous that like came out the hood of my hoods was um, this principal and her side lover killed her. It, I remember that story, but I never ever see just random black girls. So I went to school with like, yeah, I know her. Like, oh, you know, she's missing, missing, missing. Like I was just shocked. And I feel like if I can have, if I can have my ear to the ground, so to speak, um. Other black reporters should have their ear to the ground too. There's no reason that it shouldn't have been hollered to the rooftops that this black girl was missing from over town. Like, it, it was just such an anomaly. I just felt so obligated. Like, it was my duty to, like, put it out there and let everyone know what was happening. So, LaToya, I am, I am so happy that you're back and unharmed. I don't know what happened to you. It's not my business. I'm just happy that you're, um, you're back home safe. And, you know, I, I I wish I wish you and your family well. Um, now, you guys, let's go on to the local events. Um, at KOD Miami 42 Doug, rapper 42 Doug is going to be performing on February 27th. I would say go at your own risk, okay? Like, that nigga got shot at, like, three days ago. <laughs> well, he claims, oh, I wasn't nowhere in the building. But you know rappers lie. They lie and act oblivious so they can go back and retaliate. We all know that. That's why nobody calls the cops. Like, that's why... That's one of the reasons nobody calls the cops. And um, they, they, they will be like, no, it had nothing to do with me. And it's like, okay, so the rumors just fell out of clear blue sky. 42 Doug isn't even that popular. I, have, I, I didn't even hear about, I didn't even know who he was until like maybe a, a two weeks ago, one week ago even. Um, and that's because they said that he got shot at. But him and Lil Baby had went live on IG and they were like, oh, that didn't happen. He was never shot. He was never shot at. He wasn't even in the building. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, yeah, so if you guys are looking for something local to do um, this week, 42 Doug is going to perform at KOD. Um, I say go at your own risk. Make sure you wear your mask. Why is nobody wearing a mask here? That, That just, like, baffles me. Can you imagine going to a 42 Doug concert and you get shot and you get COVID? Come on now. We have to be smarter than that. Um... So I'm going to wrap things up. You guys, I'm looking for a co-host. Uh, it might be a white boy. Don't judge me, okay? I know it's Black History Month, but don't judge me. Um, I feel like there is a lot more dimensions that I can have on the show. And I just, like, I want to put together the best podcast that I could put together. So I started interviewing a couple of people. So y'all look out for that. We'll have a co-host soon. Huh, until then, <laughs> stay black. Stay safe, wear your mask, please. I'm LB from 305 to Choose. Bye!